even if they're not the button HTML element. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you in <an> HTML? <laughs> Today is Tuesday, April 30th, 2019, and you're listening to the official View News produced by View Mastery. I'm Greg Pollock. And I'm Adam Jar. You can find links to all the stories we talk about in our weekly newsletter and on news.vuejs.org. Over on viewmastery.com, we've now published 12 ViewConf US 2019 talks if you weren't able to make it to Tampa last month. There are talks on View 3, Advanced View Animations, View Performance, and Building View Desktop Applications from some of my favorite speakers like Evan Yu, Sarah Drasner, Chris Fritz, and more. If you're a Patreon supporter of CoreView team member Guillaume Shao, you might have seen his April update, where he talks about some of what he's been up to lately. Yeah, he's a busy guy. What are the highlights? Well, View DevTools 5 has shipped, and it has a lot of new features, such as new tabs for performance, settings, and the router. The Vuex state can now be edited, along with editable props, and functional components are displayed in the component tree. There's also more features, along with a refactoring that makes the DevTools run faster. Ah, oh, that's great work, Guillaume. What about View CLI? He works on that. Any updates here? Yeah, he's made some improvements to the CLI as well, including syntax highlighting for view inspect, the ability to save shared data to the disk using the plugin API, along with some UI usability and performance improvements. He does a lot of great work for view developers. For sure. He's also worked more on Vue's GitHub bot to help improve the contribution experience. <laughs> oh, everything is making sense now. I had a pull request and ViewBot told me, hey, Greg, thank you for your time and effort spent on this PR. Contributions like yours help make Vue better for everyone. Cheers. I saw that and I like felt all good about it. And then I was like, oh, it's a bot. It's not a real person, but I still feel good about it. And I was conflicted because, well, now, you know, it's actually Guillaume behind the bot. I should think of it as Guillaume telling me good job. Right. Personally, thanking you for your contribution. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about robots giving me emotions. When implementing authorization in a Nuxt app, you need to understand some of the advanced parts of Nuxt. Or as Jonas Galvez says in a blog post last Saturday, you'll need to understand the hard parts. So what are the hard parts exactly? Well, according to Jonas, it comes down to understanding UX, server-side rendering, modules versus plugins, and the different kinds of middleware Nuxt gives you. And how does Nuxt use middleware? Well, in Nuxt, there's like three different types of middleware. There's router middleware, which is like global navigation guards and view router. There's also the middleware property you can use inside Nuxt pages or layouts. This is used for code, which can be run before rendering, like for authentication. You got it. And there's server middleware to list functions that run only on the server during server-side rendering. Jonas walks through how you might build your own authorization module for Nuxt as a way for you to get familiar with how the Nuxt auth module works. It's definitely worth a read if you need to set up authorization inside Nuxt. Most people listening to this podcast probably use Vue a lot. Or at least want to. Right. But if you're brand new to JavaScript frameworks or know someone who is and doesn't yet understand what problems such a framework solves and how powerful a component-based approach can be, you may want to point them to a new article by Shirat Nigam called Thinking in Components. Interesting. And what does this touch on? So he does a good job of contextualizing the need for a JavaScript framework, then explores the history of Vue and its ecosystem, and goes into dissecting the anatomy of a component. Oh, sounds like the type of article I might send to my one friend still using jQuery so he can make more friends. Yes, yes. Join the Vue community. 
Sometimes you might have a button element on your website that's an actual button HTML tag. And other times, if it's a link, for instance, you want that button element to actually be in a href tag, which looks like a button using this magical language called CSS. Right. Or if you're using Nux, maybe it's a router link or Nux link, which just looks like a button, but isn't. Right. And this week I found a creative solution by Nuria Soriano, where she uses a dynamic component so that you can have one style for each of these elements, which may all look like a button even if they're not the button HTML element. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you in HTML? <laughs> Showing a dialog box is a pretty common feature in a web app. There are different ways to implement this feature, and this week Bernard Whitman explores how to use ViewRouter to display a dialog as a nested route, which can be closed by using ViewRouter's back method. Oh, I like that approach. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. This is actually part two of his series on ViewRouter architecture, so it seems like a cool series to follow. You've probably heard about using view test utils and maybe the Jest JavaScript testing framework to test your view apps. Last week, Luis Serrano published a pocket guide on testing with Jest and Vue.js. In this guide, he shows how to test Vuex actions, mutations, and state, as well as how to mount and test components, how to mock functions, expect events to be triggered, and test watchers. Sounds complex. So how do you mock functions with Jest and what exactly does that mean? Mm, good question. So let's say you're testing a component and you want to make sure your create user method on your component gets called exactly once. You don't actually need to run the create user method. You might just want to test that it gets called once. By mocking out the method, you're effectively removing the original functionality. The function will now do nothing, except you can test to see if it's actually been called. Okay, and if it's not called when you're expecting it to be called, then your test would fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> CLI handles a lot of configuration for us, so we don't have to manage webpack settings when starting a new project. But sometimes we want to fine-tune our app's configuration. And it might not be immediately obvious how to do something like configure a custom build mode. Yep, Wrangle.io ran into this, where they needed to push to numerous different environments with different configurations and features turned on or off. This week, Renee Blackburn explores this topic on Wrangle's blog, walking through how to handle environment variables, webpack configurations, and implementing unique deployment paths. Say you're using NativeScript Vue to create native apps with Vue and you want to store data client-side. You've got a few different options. Right, because you're not going to be able to use something like browser local storage from inside a native iOS or Android app. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you have other options like application settings if you need a simple key value store or CouchDB or SQLite if you want something more advanced. Raymond Camden discusses your options in an article posted last week. If you like listening to podcasts, and I hope you do since you're listening to ours, <laughs> we want to make sure you know about the Views on View podcast. There you'll find recent interviews with Natalia Tepluhina, Sunil Sandhu, and Damien Dulish. Thank you for listening to the official View News podcast. Tune in every week for the latest news in the View community. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got that news. <laughs>